those aren't the weeds that I want to get into right now. I would just say this, you know, in terms of the running back position, obviously it's 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 a physical position to play. And it's one of the more f- physical positions to play in football. Those guys take a lot of hits. They're often carry the ball and touch the ball more than other skill players and things like that. And so it's a tough position to play. And in terms of like getting into the, the pay scale and w- what it could be or should be, um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave that one alone. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. That was GM Dave Ziegler, pre-draft presser, presser, talking about running backs and their pay scale. And basically he said, I'm going to leave that alone. Well, the Raiders left it alone today as well, as they did not give running back Josh Jacobs a contract extension. The Giants did not give Saquon Barkley a contract extension. And the Cowboys did not give Tony Pollard a contract extension. So three running backs, three franchise tags, and no long-term extensions. Join us now on the phone lines from USA Today is our good friend Tyler Dragon. And Tyler, we'll start right there with the running backs. Any surprise that none of those three guys got long-term deals done today? Unfortunately, I cannot say I'm surprised. You know, things were headed this way for a while with all three running backs. And it's really because the running back position, I said it all offseason, I said it, it seems like uh, uh, the last several years, it's been devalued in today's NFL game, despite running backs touching the ball um, more than any other position besides quarterback. Uh, teams are, you know, going away for giving running backs long-term big money contracts because the position does not have a large self shelf life. And you've seen, unfortunately, for running backs in recent history, when you give them big paydays, uh, it ends up being a kind of like a dinosaur albatross contract towards the end of the deal. You look at a, a a player like Ezekiel Elliott, who's a free agent now, and you know the list can go on for players um, around the National Football League, running backs in particular. It's just a position that teams do not want to pay when they get into their late 20s and even definitely 30s. And um, Tony Pollard, uh, you know, running backs like Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, running backs like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, they're learning the hard way. We saw it, you know, in 2018 when Le'Veon Bell set out the entire season of this ordeal. So, unfortunately for running backs, this is how the NFL is trending, and I don't see it changing until a new CBA is agreed upon. I agree. It's tough, and, and don't don't raise your kids to be running backs these days because again, <laughs> they're not they're not valued like they should be. And so, Tyler, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell sitting out all season long. What do you expect from Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs? I don't I don't expect them in training camp, but do you think that those guys will show up week one when the when the game checks start rolling in? Yeah, see, since those two players did not sign their uh, franchise tags, they aren't obligated to uh, fines uh, for missing training camp. But they will uh, face penalty if they do indeed uh, miss any uh, regular season action. So I do expect those players to begrudgingly show up towards the latter part of training camp. It would not surprise me if uh, one or both of them showed up, maybe that second week of training camp to kind of get ready for the regular season or maybe the the week of uh, week one. Uh, and that's not good news for Raiders fans or Giants fans because, you know, you want to start off strong and 
Uh, those players, if they uh, didn't show up until leading up to week one, they're definitely going to be rusty. That's human nature. And they might not even be ready for uh, that kickoff game. So it still remains to be seen, but I would not be surprised if they did show up towards the latter part of training camp. Again, we're talking with Tyler Dragon from USA Today here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Evan Ingram, he had the franchise tag by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did get a contract extension done with him. Uh, how smart was that from Jacksonville to kind of take advantage of the momentum they had already built up, probably being the, the favorite in that division uh, to make it to the playoffs again and, and re-signing a guy that Trevor Lawrence became very familiar with? Yeah, and you have to look at the – the position too. You got a, a tight end position. It's a position that uh, the NFL seems to uh, that doesn't mind paying uh, NFL owners. It's a position that has a, a longer shelf life than a running back position. You look at Evan Ingram. He's uh, 28 years old, so he's probably at, you know in the middle of his prime and had his best years in a Jaguar uh, uniform. So I do expect. Um, you know, him to have another good season, especially as Trevor Lawrence continues to progress and get better um, as a quarterback. And, you know, I do think that that deal was uh, a serviceable deal for a player uh, like Evan Ingram. And the Jaguars paid him uh, handsomely for his year with, what, over 70 receptions and uh, 766 receiving yards for a touchdown. So he proved that he's a starting caliber tight end. Yeah, no, he really did, and, and I didn't know what to expect from him. I mean, we saw him when he was with the Giants and then uh, what he was able to do now with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, and I think they really got something going there. What do you expect that team to look like now that Calvin Ridley is going to be added to the mix? Oh, man, they're going to be even more dangerous. I definitely expect them to win the division. They're uh, certainly the favorites going into next season. I think Trevor Lawrence towards the end of last year really started to get comfortable as just the NFL quarterback and really started to find his groove. And I expect him to build on his performance last year, especially in the latter portion of the season, and even become even a better quarterback uh, this season, especially with now a, a top-flight, number, true number one receiver like Calvin Ridley. Yes, Ridley is going to be a little bit rusty. That is natural, missing an entire year. But I think probably around week four, week five, week six, You'll see him um, looking like the Calvin Ridley of old, which is one of the best route runners in the National Football League. Sticking in that division, how about DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans? They finally got their number one wide receiver after moving on from A.J. Brown, sent him to Philadelphia last year. Uh, what, is, what does DeAndre Hopkins bring to that Tennessee Titans team this year? So I have to be honest. I did not want DeAndre Hopkins to go to Tennessee. I don't think it's a really good fit. We've seen veteran receivers in recent years go to Tennessee towards the end of their career and kind of fall off yeah. the map uh, a little bit. And then I look at DeAndre Hopkins, and he you know, said publicly the top five uh, quarterbacks he would love catching passes for. Ryan Tannehill was not on that list. No. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill <laughs> is not a top-flight quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is not a top-10 quarterback, maybe top-15 at best. And you look at their receiving corps, he's definitely going to be their number one wide receiver with you know a corpse like Traylon Burks and company. But when I look at the Tennessee Titans, it, they just leave a lot to be desired on both sides of the ball. They have a talented team. 
but they're not a team that you consider a Super Bowl type contender. They might fight for a wild card spot in uh, the AFC, but it's going to be very tough uh, in a loaded AFC across uh, the conference. And I don't think they're the best team in the division, certainly. They're definitely behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. And an argument could be made that they might finish third behind the Indianapolis Colts team that just needs Richardson to develop into a decent quarterback in year one. What do you think about Richardson? How, how do you think that this goes with him? He was a guy that really intrigued me throughout the course of the, the draft process, and I think Indianapolis at least uh, has a really hard worker that's going to put everything out there he can to be a great quarterback. I don't know if that means he's going to be one, but what are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? The talent's there. The athleticism's there. The arm strength is there. It's if he can live up to his potential, if he can develop into a quarterback, a mobile athletic quarterback, and can throw and deliver passes with accuracy and precision. If he can do that, it's going to take some time. But if he can do it, he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League because he has the talent, the arm strength, and athleticism to be a really, really good quarterback. But it's going to take him some time. Anthony Richardson... He's raw. We even saw it at Florida. He was definitely raw throwing the football. But if he can develop and get be a better pocket passer and just a, a more accurate passer, the sky's the limit for a player like Anthony Richardson because the talent is certainly there. Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, you can find Tyler's work with USA Today, and you can find him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. again with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about the Jets on hard knocks? It was almost the inevitable. I thought maybe the Washington Commanders would be on it because of the sale of the team, and, and maybe they needed a little bit of good uh, publicity, but the Jets end up on hard knocks. Uh, what are your expectations for them? So it seems like the fans are excited about the Jets being on hard knocks, but <laughs> The Jets aren't excited about me. Right. <laughs> it will be interesting. Aaron Rodgers, he certainly creates headlines. Is definitely an interesting player. Uh, I've spoken to Gary Wilson on occasion. I, I'm really interested to see him on camera and just, you know, fans getting a, a more intimate look into uh, Gary Wilson and how he is as a player, as a person in that practice. And then on the defensive side of the football, the Jets have – uh, a, a lot of really good talent, uh, you know, starting with Quinn Williams and yeah. Quinn Jefferson. You look at C.J. Mosley and Carl Lawson. So they're, they're an intriguing team to certainly keep an eye on, and it doesn't hurt that they're in the Big Apple. Right. There's no doubt about that. Quinn Williams, you <laughs> mentioned him. He just got that contract extension, $66 million guaranteed. Uh, one, big ups to him because he earned it. But what does that say for Chris Jones uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, who I believe is up for the contract extension as well? So Quinn Williams is the second highest played interior defense alignment. I fully expect Chris Jones to uh, supplant him on that list and him to be right behind uh, Aaron Donald as the number two highest paid defensive tackle in National Football League. Nobody deserves more money than Aaron Donald in that position. Right. But the, the argument can be made, a good argument could be made, that Chris Jones is the second best interior defensive lineman in the National Football League. The Chiefs do not win last year's Super Bowl without Chris Jones. So they should and need to pay him handsomely. 
Final question for you. Dak Prescott has come out and said that he's not going to throw those interceptions that he threw a season ago. He said he's not throwing 10 interceptions. What do you think about Dak Prescott and his bounce back year after uh, throwing, leading the league in interceptions a year ago? Well, as a competitor, as a quarterback, he should say that. He shouldn't say that right. I'm going to throw uh, match my uh, 10 interceptions <laughs> from a year ago or throw more. So I, I do like that confidence uh, entering training camp. Uh, uh, his turnover kind of held the Cowboys back last year and was a hindrance to the team. So if he can be more, um, you know, safe with the football but still uh, maintain that explosiveness, the Cowboys should be in the running in the NFC East. I do not think they're a better football team than the Philadelphia Eagles, interceptions or not. But the Cowboys are certainly going to be a playoff team, especially if Dak Prescott cuts down on those turnovers. What do you think the offense looks like with Kellen Moore gone? Kellen Moore is now in L.A. with the Chargers calling plays. Mike McCarthy takes over. How do you how do you think it looks different as opposed to what it looked like a year ago? I think the Cowboys are going to be more pass-oriented. Uh, with Kellen Moore, he was establishing the run a little bit more, especially with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, when I look at those Mike McCarthy uh, Green Bay Packers team when he was the head coach, they really threw the football well. So I do think they're going to throw the football a little bit more, and they're going to use Tony Pollard out of the backfield a whole lot more as a pass catcher and kind of conserve him more as being a ball carry, handing, him off, handing the football off to him. So I expect Cowboys to be like a 65 or maybe 70% passing football team and maybe a 30% uh, running football team when it's all said and done, when a regular season ends. So I expect a little bit more in that passing game, especially a lot in that West Coast offense. Well, in that case, Dak really better not be throwing those interceptions. <laughs> if that's the case, he might not throw 10 or 15. He might throw more if he's uh, if he's doing that. So <laughs> there you go. Bad news for Cowboys fans. Right. There's that part exactly. No <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Tyler, fantastic stuff. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? So training camps are rolling around, so I'm going to have uh, top storylines entering training camp later nice. this week, and then I'll be at Rams and Chargers training camp uh, next week as well. And I might go down to Vegas to check out the Raiders to see what they have cooking up with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in uh, their training camp as well. No doubt. Well, let me know when you come to town, man. It would be great to catch up with you. So just let me know, man. You know the invite's always wide open. We always appreciate you. I appreciate that. Stay cool down there in Vegas. <laughs> We're trying. It's only 115. We're trying. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Be good. <laughs> right, have a good one. All right, brother. There he goes. Tyler Dragon from USA Today on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. And look, he's in Arizona, so don't feel bad for us because it's blazing hot where he's at too. So, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I'll tell you right now, man, 115 ain't no joke. Uh, what was it, 117 yesterday? I mean, it's just – it's just absolutely ridiculous, but it's all good. So uh, we definitely appreciate Tyler and his time uh, taking us inside uh, the NFL and all around the NFL. As training camp opens up in, uh, you know, a handful of days, the Raiders will be at practice on the 26th. That'll be the first day of practice, so we look forward to that. What else do I look forward to? Speaking of keeping cool, uh, Tyler said it all. Let's do it again, man. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. We're giving out something every single hour of the show. I'm trying to get you into win. I'm trying to get you qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step closer to where you need to be during the Lotus Summer of Fun. This week, the trip we're giving away, seven-day Alaska cruise for two. Or you could take the cash, $3,000 cash, or you take the trip. 
That's what we're doing. We're doing it each and every week. We've given out multiple trips already, and this one is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two, or you can get 3000 cash straight up. So the first step to getting that is be calling number nine right now at 702-365-9200. You're going to get registered for four tickets to an Aviators game. That is the first, that is the first step in the Lotus Summer Fun we're trying to get you hooked up with here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got to give a big shout out to my guy Danny. He's now qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, but more importantly, it's one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. The trip that we're giving out this week, seven-day Alaska cruise for two, or you could take $3,000 cash straight up. Take the trip, take the cash. Each week here at Lotus Broadcasting, not Las Vegas-wide, not Las Vegas Sports Network-wide, but Lotus Broadcasting, the company-wide, we're hooking up these trips. Again, Lotus Summer of Fun. We've already had one winner, Wendell, who decided to take the cash. He was actually registered on this very show. So, Danny, you should feel really good about your chances because, well, as proven, this show produces winners, and that's what we do. So shout-out to you, Danny. We definitely uh, appreciate you listening, and congratulations. You are now qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game. We have more winning where that came from on the way. We've already registered two people today. Uh, of course, the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown and Vinny Bonsignor. They'll, uh, they'll register a couple tomorrow morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. JT the Brick will continue to register, and we'll continue to do it each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up around 4.30, we're going to debut Reason or Excuse. That's where Ari will take over and uh, hit me with some subjects that he came up with. And uh, I'll let you know if I think it's a reason or excuse. And uh, that's the time that we encourage you to chime in as well. Right, it's really easy to chime in on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Maybe I say that it's a reason. Maybe you think it's an excuse, and you can chime in and give your feedback. We'll definitely do that. We may do it once a week. We may do it three times a week. We may do it every day. But a a, a little feature that I want to start bringing and implementing into the show, something I learned from uh, Emmett Golden from ESPN Cleveland, who I'm actually doing a show with this evening on uh, ESPN National on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. So it all comes together. But yeah, reason or excuse will be coming up around 4.30. Uh, did get some text messages. Speaking of the don't be broke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Jim from Yonkers said they made a mistake not picking up his option. Now this, two wrongs don't make a right. A player should not be allowed to be franchise tagged more than once. We've been waiting long enough. Can't wait for the season. Question for you, Q. What undrafted free agents have a good shot to make the team besides the two offensive line rookies? Thank you, and God bless. That's from Jim and Yonkers. And I will say, and maybe that's something that they do, uh, sooner rather than later, well, I guess they can't until the CBA is say if you don't, if, if your fifth year option gets declined, you shouldn't have the right to be able to franchise tag a player. I, and I don't know if that's something that's ever going to come up, but I know that's been suggested. I think Amber Theo Harris was a member of our show, came on the show before and said that that's what she thinks that if you, hey, if you decline a player's fifth year option, then you can't give him the franchise tag. Uh, you know, of course, you could franchise tag a player twice if you want. Uh, there's actually a, a chance for you to franchise them three times. It's just nobody does it. Uh, but it just it puts the players – no player wants that, that franchise tag. It's just one of those situations where it's like, yeah, uh, thanks, but no thanks, right? The, the guaranteed money is nice because it's one year. It's fully guaranteed, but there is no kind of security at all. As far as undrafted free agents, and we saw four of them make the team last year, uh, one guy that I'm paying attention to, and I really don't know – and this will be something to pay attention to when training camp opens up on the first day of practice 26. Uh, Drake Thomas, 
the linebacker uh, out of NC State. He's a guy that I'm intrigued by. He's a guy that a lot of people are talking about. And I'm not going to act like that, oh, I, he's been on my radar and I just know he's phenomenal. But I do know that the linebacking room is, is, is not where I think it needs to be as far as the guys that I know, like a Diablo, like a Masterson, like a Butler. I think that it's, it's okay. Spillane, of course, they brought him in. But I think that it's the area of the team that still needs a little bit of, uh, it, it needs a little bit of work, right? And so we'll see exactly how it shakes out. But a lot of people are really, really high on uh, on uh, what's his name? Uh, I just mentioned his name, Drake Drake Thomas, uh, the linebacker out of NC State. So that's at least a name to kind of pay attention to once training camp opens up on the 26th. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick uh, and talk to our guy John. Welcome to the show, John. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, man, uh, just kind of bummed, you know what I'm saying? But I, I wasn't really too surprised that the Raiders didn't make a qualifying offer for uh, JJ and stuff. But uh, I just want to get your thoughts, man. What, what would I, I, I would try to time in the morning, but uh, what do you think I would do? I mean, he's you know, he's a player's, uh, uh, a player's coach or whatever you want to call that. But um, what do you think I would do? And why won't Mark just, you know, be, be, be like, dude, I got money. I'll pay the luxury tax. I'll go over. I want JJ on our team. He's a Raider, bro. Like he's he runs mad. Like he just reminds me so much of like how Marshawn used to run, mad, pissed off, running through people. You know how Marshawn said over and over and over and over. Saying and and that's just a win, dude. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just kind of bummed, but I, I but I do know uh, like like a lot of us. I mean, I wasn't a Patriot watcher, but with the times they did play on national TV, they were dink and dunk. You know what I'm saying? They slot guys, receiver guys, they were crossing the screen and stuff, dink and dunk. So, I mean, Josh has proven to, to, to catch and make plays uh, from, the, from, the, from the slot or from the backfield yards up to catch. You know what I mean? He's proven. So, I, I just don't get it why they're trying to, like, not pay him. And, and maybe, I don't know, they have a whole different philosophy. But uh, Josh McDaniels, um, he was a dink and dunk dude. And, yes, I understand, like, the other guys behind him, like Zemir White, they're cheap and stuff like that. But, like, uh, the Patriots, we all got to remember, like, they, were, they didn't really have a feature back. The only one I would think maybe would be, like, Fournette, which, I'm, like, again, I'm, I'm not a Patriots dude or whatever. I'm just Raiders only. But, like, just, just fill me in, man. What, what do you think I would do? Why, why can't Mark just put down the hammer and just be like, I want him, sign him, I'll pay the luxury tax. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you. Hey, John, thanks for the call. And first, there is no luxury tax to pay. It's not the NBA. Like, if you go over the salary cap, there is no, well, we're just going to pay the luxury tax. Like, you're not going over the salary cap. Uh, the thing about the other thing about Mark is he's let it be known that he is doing he's on the business side of things and he's going to let the football guys do football operations. So which I think that everybody should be appreciative of. You don't want to have the owner all up in the business. And that's what he said. Like, hey, I'm going to let the football guys be the football guys and handle that side of things. I'll handle what I need to handle on my side. And so really, there is no, you know, luxury tax. There is no none of that. It's just it's just he's letting the GM the front office do their thing the way that they they feel fit, and he's put that into their hands. And so um, I think that it's a different dynamic. I think, and, and I mean, obviously it's been a long time since you know Al was around, uh, so I couldn't tell you what he would do in, in this standpoint. Uh, but you know, he he would he would not let the football guys be the football guys. Let's put it like that. He he was the football guys. That's all I can really say uh, about what Al Davis would do. But for anyone who thinks that the Raiders did not try to get Josh Jacobs signed, that's not the case. Josh Jacobs, I mentioned earlier in the show, was around the facility. Well, here's, uh, I believe, Tom Pelissero from uh, NFL Network. He was just on the set just a few minutes ago, and i got to give Ari a ton of credit for being able to turn this around. But listen to what they had to say about how close this deal was. 
offers for the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. It was a very short negotiation. There really wasn't a lot of activity. Even this morning, there wasn't optimism that anything would get done. But this is how close it was. I am told that Josh Jacobs drove his car to the Raiders facility, was sitting in it with teammate Max Crosby at the deadline in case something came together. Obviously, that did not end up happening. And now it remains to be seen when or even if Josh Jacobs will be back at the Raiders facility again. Much like Saquon Barkley, no expectation that he shows up at the start of training camp. The next checkpoint is going to be week one. That's still a long ways off. There you go, Tom Pelissero. But, they, I mean, look, I mentioned it last week when Josh Jacobs was in town for his football camp that that's positive that he's in town, right? Him being in Vegas was a big deal. Uh, he could go and sign a deal if, he, if need be. Uh, you know, when the team called him and his agent called him and said it's go time, he'd be ready to go sign that deal. He was there in the parking lot with Mad Max Crosby, which I think is awesome. I think that tells you all you need to know about Max Crosby. You want to talk about a leader of men. This dude is sitting in Josh Jacobs' car with him, hoping that he gets that deal done as well. I can only imagine what he was probably thinking when Max was going through the contract extension conversations. And, you know, he was, you know, the leading up to it. I'm sure he was, you know, talking to, to Josh about, you know, what to do moving forward. But just to see the support for his teammate, I thought was awesome. And to know that they did give a, very, a strong effort. And it did get really close. Again, you heard it right there. Got so close that he was in the parking lot waiting to, to run into the facility and sign his deal. So, you know, maybe that's a good sign for them moving forward. Obviously, it's not a good sign for this year. They can't. There's nothing they could do except for he could play on the one-year $10 million tag. But maybe he feels good about, hey, we're closer than I expected we are. I, I think that that's a strong possibility. So, uh, again, for anyone who thinks that there was no attempt to get him signed or there was no, no attempt to, you know, maybe negotiate in good faith, that was not the case at all. Uh, I wanted to pass this along as well. Earlier, just when Wendy had tweeted at, at me about, about running backs across the league tweeting about this position. I mentioned what King Henry said. At this point, just take the running back position out of the game. Then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. I read that earlier. Austin Eckler has chimed in. This is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. Najee Harris of the Steelers. I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. Three strong opinions from three strong running backs in the NFL. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris. Speaking of strong, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, Q, I'm disappointed. You know what I'm saying? I was hoping that um, that our new regime would see the value in Josh Jacobs. And even though I understand what the league is colluding to do to the um, running back position, I thought they would step up and see how important he is to this team and at least, you know, find some kind of middle ground and come to an agreement. But um, with that being said... I feel that um, Josh Jacobs probably won't show up until – I know if it was me, I wouldn't show up until like a, probably about 10 days before the season starts, just so the, um, the line – damn. So the line can get um, reacclimated with me and I can get used to the holes or whatever, but nothing more than just that. You know what I'm saying? Just so the line will be um, 
acclimated with the running skins and stuff like that, and I'll yeah. be ready, you know, take a few hits before the um, season starts. You don't want to come in, you know, right off the couch, taking NFL hits in game one. You know what I mean? But also, I feel like, you know, Dave Ziggler was talking about um, homegrown talent on the last little, I forgot what show it was, I was watching it on Radio.com, and he was talking about how we need to develop our homegrown talent. Josh Jacobs is homegrown talent. You know what I'm saying? And we, we had a um, bad record of um, draft picks. This is one of our only few good draft picks, and, and he proved himself. Like you said, y'all didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You know what I'm saying? He bet on himself, played a man, or at least accommodate him to where he won't have to play under the franchise chat, give him some kind of security. You know what I mean? And it seemed like it's the same thing that McDaniels did in Denver. Remember, they got rid of Cutler. They got rid of all the star players. And look, it seems like the same thing happening now. That's why I say I'm not happy with it. You know what I mean? But hopefully they got a long-term plan, a long-term plan that I'm not seeing right now. But I'm not happy with it because, like, like I told you, Josh Jacobs is the heart of the team. Darren Waller was the soul of the team. So right now we ain't got no heart and soul. And Devontae Adams don't seem like he's too happy. So, you know what I'm saying? Look how it's looking going into the season. I'm not happy about it at all, y'all. Keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. All right, thank you so much. That was Gangster Raider right there. Appreciate the call, my man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Josh Jacobs, he, he, he did everything he needed to do last year. He did everything he was asked to do and then some. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, hopefully because they did have some kind of negotiations, hopefully they're able to come to some kind of agreement down the line, that down the line is af- after the season. Hopefully, you know, like you said, he shows up at least a few days before the regular season just to get a little bit of, you know, uh, acclimation to, to what it's like uh, to take a hit. You know, again, because you don't want him to go in and first hit he takes is, you know, against Denver. That could that could lead to a few different things. I'm never a big fan of players that don't show up for camp, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have doesn't have a contract right now, and he won't have a contract until he signs the contract extension. So uh, uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Mailman Raider said uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Q at this rate, running backs will only be making a few million, and that I'll be telling my future kids, don't be a running back, do something else. That'll get me a house. LOL. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, Josh Jacobs said the same thing. Don't be a running back. Be a quarterback. Be a wide receiver. Be an edge rusher. Be an offensive lineman. Don't be a running back. Don't be a linebacker. Probably not be a safety either, but really don't be a running back as that's the only position that the franchise tag value has gone down since 2015. It was 10.9 in 2015. It's 10.1 in 2023. That's all you need to uh, really know. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with reason or excuse, a brand-new segment we have here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Ari is going to be controlling everything. Oh, boy, we're in for it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got my man Ari. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I got my TV on the wall here in the home studio, and I'm watching a little basketball tournament going on right here in Las Vegas, basketball game going on here in Las Vegas uh, at Bishop Gorman. And Carlos Boozer's kids are playing in it his two boys are playing in it Carmelo Anthony's son is playing in it LeBron James son is playing in it so it's a to-do it's a who's who uh in in the in the youth basketball world going on 16U uh so there's a lot of stars kids playing right now going on at Bishop Gorman and these type of tournaments and games go on all the time here in Las Vegas of course summer league action is going on this evening with the finals as well so yeah this is the Las Vegas big time basketball tournament 6U Cameron Boozer, Caden Boozer, uh, and more going, going in action right now 
uh, going on at uh, Bishop Gorman High School. But with all that being said, it's time for Ari to take over, man. We've been talking about it for a while. Let's jump into reason or excuse. All right, let's do this. By the way, I'm watching the same thing on the TV, just so we're clear. You didn't have the intro? You didn't play the intro? Coming up right now, uh, we're going to do this every time. And... uh, (laughs) Let's you forgot get, to play the intro. No, I was just going to intro. Are you giving me a, I think you're giving me an excuse on why you My didn't play the reason, intro. My reason, this was all planned. My no, reason it wasn't. was so that I could introduce it. Here we go. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. There you go. How's that? I like it. Ha-ha. All right, <laughs> little Jada Kiss action. Go ahead. I want to know why. Is it a reason or an excuse? There all you right, go. Hit me. Very first one. Now, who could it be on but none other than Josh Jacobs, he did not get his contract extension because of the value of running backs is not what it used to be. Reason or excuse? As much as I hate to admit it, it's a it's a reason. It really is. You know, and I know as Josh Jacobs has been very blunt on on Twitter, they were not trying to reset the quarterback or the running back market. He was trying to get some security. So whatever that means, I, I'm not in the negotiation room. I don't know what was offered. I don't know the length of the contract that was offered, but clearly it was not what Josh Jacobs and his agent were looking for. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't believe it's an excuse. I believe it is a reason that the running back position is just flat out disrespected as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, as much as it pains me to say and as much as I'm a fan of the player, Josh Jacobs, and and wanting him to be that guy on the team, just like many of Raider Nation who's called in and chimed in on the show today talking about the lack of the contract extension, I ultimately believe it's the reason why it didn't get done. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that one, too. And You pretty much said it all. There's, uh, that's, that's it. what I do. That's what you do. All right, next up, Raiders do not win, did not win more than six games because the roster is not where it needed to be just yet. Okay, so wait, hold on. So wait, are, are we talking about this upcoming year? They're not going to win more than six games because of the roster? Yeah, I'm sorry. I phrased that poorly. Let me restart. Yeah, Raiders do, that. do not win more than six games this upcoming season because the roster is not where it needs to be just yet. Would that be the reason or an excuse? Um, I would have to go with excuse. I would say that that's an excuse, and this is why. And this is no disrespect to any of the coaches and nobody in the front office or any of the players. I just feel like in year two, uh, Josh McDaniels should be more comfortable with what he's doing. He should know the players uh, and their capabilities more than he did year one. I think that there was a lot of soul searching as far as what's the identity of the team, what is this team going to do, how are they going to operate. There was a lot of his own players brought in this uh, this year. A lot of his guys that people don't like to hear that, but that's what happens across the league, guys that understand what he wants. And so I think that, that yeah, the team should be better. Now, I'm not saying that that means the team is a playoff team. I would love to see the team be a playoff team, but you know it feels to me like they addressed a lot of areas of concern and need. Uh, and I think one of the biggest areas uh, of that we'll be paying attention to is something I talked about quite a bit this offseason, and that's the defense. And even though there was no big names brought in on defense where you just think that that's a game changer, like they went out and made the move for some big-time person that you think is going to all of a sudden put them over the top and put them in the playoffs, they did address the defense in a major way. They added a lot of pieces on the defense. They just have to go out there and gel. So, yeah, I think if the team puts up another season like they did last year, and especially if they lose games like they lost last year where they have leads and they can't hold them, I absolutely believe it's not because the roster is not where it needs to be. I believe it's because it's an excuse and it just wasn't it wasn't executed correctly, and that has to you know that has to fall on somebody's watch. I'll even say this: I'll take it a step further. Brian Dayball got the Giants to the playoffs last year. He didn't really add a lot to his team when he got, took over. He basically was given the the ingredients, and he said, "All right, I need you to make something out of this." And he ultimately ended up making making it good enough where Daniel Jones got a contract extension. 
I still don't even know that Daniel Jones is worthy of a contract extension, but he got one. And they went out and made moves. They brought in Darren Waller, obviously. They made that trade. Saquon Barkley's got the franchise tag. They went out and addressed their weapons, their lack of weapons in uh, the draft. So it, it, it's proven even if the, con- the, the, the roster is not exactly where you want it to be, you can still find ways to win. And I do expect this Raiders team to be that team that could find ways to win. I think the biggest asterisk will always be Jimmy G's health, but that is what it is because that's who they signed. So they had to know. It's not like I'm a genius and all of a sudden I realize, like, hey, this guy's got, uh, you know, bad health history. Everybody knows it, including the quarterback. So in other words, if he does not get on the field this whole season, that's not an excuse. No. That, 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 I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get off, on the field, they can't say, well, our quarterback wasn't healthy. Well, you know that's a chance. Nor should – well, and should they still win six games at that point? Well, I mean, that, that, that'll be tough, <laughs> but that'll be on them. That might be some I mean, again, if point. I go – look, dog, if I go out and buy an expensive car, a super expensive car, and at some point I'm like, well, I don't know. That's a lot of money. I don't think I could pay for it. Well, you knew that going <laughs> in. You knew it cost a lot. Or if I go buy a car that's got 100-something thousand miles on it and it breaks down a little bit into me driving, guess what? You know why? You bought a car that had a lot of miles on it. There's a good chance it's going to break down. Yep. So that would be on me. That's not – That's not a. That's, it, 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 you can't blame it on that. So that, that would be an absolute excuse as far as I'm concerned. I like it. All right. Keep, keep sticking with Josh Jacobs. He is not considered a top-tier running back nationally because he plays with Vegas with the Raiders as opposed to playing in New York like uh, Saquon Barkley. This is something I've been talking about quite a bit, and it kind of irritates me. Because he's not talked about in the same light as Saquon. You know, and I had this happen to me on Saturday when I was doing the national show. I was with Myron Metcalf, and he's like, well, there's Saquon Barkley. He was a, you know, top-tier running back in the league. And then there's other guys like Josh Jacobs and, you know, and uh, and Kareem Hunt. And, and I was like, no, 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 they're, they're not. No, Josh Jacobs is just as good, if not better, than Saquon Barkley and has proven to be healthier. I've rattled off the numbers multiple times. He's played 60 games in four seasons. Saquon Barkley's played 60 games in five. Right? I mean, that alone, the availability alone. Not to mention Josh Jacobs is the heartbeat and the soul, as far as I'm concerned, of this Raiders team. I think that it's a I think that it's a reason. Let's put it like this. It's a reason why he's not talked about as a top-tier back because he doesn't play in New York and the spotlight's on him. But I think it's a piss-poor excuse as well. Yeah. So how about that? I think, it's, I think it's irresponsible for people that are in the national site. And, and I look, I, as I do national radio, I, I mention it. I don't think it's responsible that they don't realize how important Josh Jacobs is and, and how, how good of a back he is. And just look at, oh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, guys like that, Dalvin Cook. Look, I'd put Josh Jacobs up there with, amongst all those guys. Even Christian McCaffrey, his, his yeah. availability has not been great. You know, and, and don't tell me that, well, Josh Jacobs doesn't catch enough passes out of the backfield. They caught 50-something passes last year. Numbers don't lie. He had more catches. He had more more catches and and receiving yards than than Barkley did last year. So I don't know when I know Saquon Barkley was drafted very high, what number four overall or something like that. Whenever, or maybe even number two overall, whenever he was selected. But don't tell me that he's that much better than Josh Jacobs because I don't think he is. I I honestly, if you gave me the option of Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley at the running back position, I'm taking JJ all day. If nothing else, his availability, and he'll be there ready to play. There you go. Saquon's uh, second pick, by the way. There you go. Justin Herbert has not won a playoff game in his career because Brandon Staley is a bad coach. Well, that's true. (laughs) There you go. That is true. He He is a bad coach because of what he has done, but... Justin Herbert was he was he was crowned 
the next greatest thing since sliced bread, yep. and he hasn't done it yet. Do I think he's a damn good quarterback? Sure. But he hasn't won a playoff game. And last time I checked, they were up 27 nothing. And, yeah, I put a lot of that on Brandon Staley, but they were up 27 nothing, mm. and they found a way to lose their playoff game. I remember the image of Justin Herbert standing on the sideline at Legion Stadium saying, boy, this I sure would like a tie right now. <laughs> so even though we saw him as uh, in a shootout in that game, remember that last game, oh, week yeah. 18? Amazing. I mean, he threw some passes that were incredible against the Raiders and got him in some, some tight windows and got some touchdown passes and kept the charges right there. But I don't think you could crown him that guy until he actually proves to be that guy. And he hasn't done that yet. I'm interested to see what happens with Kellen Moore this year because I think he's a better offensive coordinator. And I think if someone's able to get a lot out of Justin Herbert, it'll be him. But I, I want to see it. And I'll say this about Justin Herbert, and I might be the only one who believes this, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I think if he came out a year prior to when he did, I think he'd be a Raider right now. I really think that the Raiders were good. And this is just my gut feeling. Nobody ever told me this, but I do think that they were very high on Justin Herbert, but he stayed in college. He went back to Oregon. If he had gone out the year that he did or that he didn't, you know, if he had gone out the year prior, I think he would end up being a Raiders quarterback. I don't know that for a fact. Again, that's just my gut feeling, and sometimes my gut feeling is right. Sometimes my gut feeling is gas. But, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. But I guess to answer the question, Brandon Staley being a bad coach is an excuse. Because Justin Herbert, when he was crowned, the chosen one basically, similar to LeBron James when he entered the league, well, you got to show the why you're the chosen one. And he hasn't done it yet. A lot of that's Brandon Staley, but sometimes that's also Justin Herbert. So Brandon Staley being the bad coach would be an excuse. It's, it's, it's more just it hasn't got done yet. There you go. As much as we all want you to trash Justin Herbert, I think you're right about that. Right. Uh, all right, on to the last one. Darren Waller was traded because of his injury history piling up and the team became concerned. That was a report that came out over the weekend. I believe Adam Kaplan uh, put that out. Uh, obviously, Insider. I know Vinny's talked about that before. And I, I do think that that's a reason. I really do. I think that the Raiders tried to make it work, right? And I like how you did that, man. You started with the Raiders, ended with the Raiders. That's good stuff. But I think that they tried to make it work, right? They signed Derek to an extension. They got Hunter under contract. They got Waller under contract. Even though a lot of people said, yeah, you don't need to sign Derek Waller. He has two years left on his deal. You don't need to give him a contract extension. Let him play it out. He's been banged up. He's been injured. I think that they said, you know what? We're going to make a run at this thing. Derek, Devontae, Hunter, Josh, Darren. It's going to be a hell of an uh, offensive juggernaut. Now, defense obviously has room to grow, but probably win some games in shootouts. Well, Darren wasn't available. He was banged up. Hunter wasn't available. He was banged up. Derek didn't do what this staff was looking for. It just never, it just didn't work out. It didn't pan out the way that they wanted it to. Devontae had a hell of a season, and Josh Jacobs had a hell of a season. So I do think that's the reason why they moved on from him. Some say they moved on from him a little bit late. They should have probably moved on from him when they could have got a higher draft pick from Green Bay. But, again, they gave him an opportunity. So, again, it's just my thoughts. I think it is a reason. I think it's a valid reason. We'll see what happens in New York. The Giants are excited about him, but people that I've talked to, many different people that cover the Giants are like, yeah, but he's 31 and he's been banged up a lot. What if they, you know, got him and he doesn't pan out to be that guy? And I said, well, that's that's the chance that you take. That's just kind of what it is. So uh, I'm going to roll with the uh, with the reason there and uh, and call it a valid reason. So there you go. That's reason well or excuses. So uh, there you go. I like it. I like it. You didn't back down either. I, you, you know, you're you're uh, very firm in your beliefs. So I, I appreciate that. I like it.
Right, no doubt, no I'm doubt. I'm a very wishy-washy person, so I might not. <laughs> if I was in your shoes, I might. <laughs> On second thought, ah, it's an excuse. That's right, me. right. Let yourself be talked into yep. something different. No, yep. I like it. I like it. I like the questions that you threw at me as well. So uh, we'll try to do that. If we don't do it every day, we'll do it a couple times a week. Maybe we'll just do it once a week, depending on if we have. We're not going to force any BS subjects out there, but uh, if we have something that we think is valid and you want to bring it to the table, then we'll do that. But I like no that. Doubt. That's a uh, that's a good first showing when it comes to reason or excuse. I got a couple texts that I'd like to get to from the 908. This is Mark in Jersey. Hey, wife. Uh, he says, JJ shows up after third preseason game pissed and unhappy, but starts week one and balls out. That's Mark in Jersey. And you know what? I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay if he shows up after the third preseason game angry and, uh, you know, plays, plays like a man that's angry because, well, you saw he played with a purpose last season and led the league in rushing. I like it. Uh, text from the 530, JJ, reason. Uh, and I believe that it's uh, – I believe that – I don't know which one he was talking about. There was a couple J.J. questions there, one about not getting the contract extension because the value of the running back is what it used to be, not what it used to be. I said that was a reason as well. And then the other one, Jacobs is considered a top-tier running back nationally because he plays in Vegas with the Raiders as opposed to playing in New York with, say, Paquan Barkley. Oh, I said a reason for that one as well, so I guess they could be answering both at the same time. So there you go. That's a text from the 530. Thanks so much for that. We do appreciate you. And then Vegas Pete said on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q. Would Jacobs even play during preseason? So if he misses a few weeks, no biggie. He's still on the team. Vinny B pointed out the highest paid running back right now is Henry, 169th in pay. Have any backs successfully become wide outs, uh, wide outs or quarterbacks? I think of one only. That's Vegas Pete. And, yeah, we brought up uh, what, what Vinny said about Derrick Henry and where he's paid uh, the 169th highest paid player in the league, which is wild because I can't think of 169 players that are that great. <laughs> right? But I know they are, obviously. Right? I know that there's some really good players in the league, and there's obviously positions like, uh, you know, defensive line and offensive line where they're going to get paid big money. But it just, again, goes back to the nature of the beast, which is what running backs are getting paid, and it's next to nothing. And that's why I started the whole show saying it's not the Raiders that are broken. It's not the Giants that are broken. It's not the Cowboys that are broken or any other team that chooses not to pay a running back. The Vikings, who just relieved Dalvin Cook, or anyone else. It's the system that's broken. The system for the running backs to get their money is broken. Again, I don't point at any specific team. I, I point at the whole thing. And so what they should do, but unfortunately the next CBA is not till what, 2030? Is they need to adjust that. Maybe give running backs only three-year contracts so they hit free agency earlier. Maybe allow running backs to come out of uh, college a year earlier and get to the NFL. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I can say that something needs to be done. Because what's going on with the running back position is, like I said, like, J, like JT the Brick says all the time, the system is broken. When it comes to paying the running backs in the NFL, the system, ladies and gentlemen, is broken. But thank you so much for all the feedback, either by phone line or the don'tbebroke.com text line. We'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow with a star-studded show as always. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.